we're in a series called Go Big. Turn to your neighbor and say, Go Big. Go big or go home. Well, we're done home, so we're going big. And uh, the text we're looking at is Isaiah 54. And this text has been central and really critical uh, to what we feel like God's saying. And I, I love verse one of this. It says, sing barren woman who has never had a baby. Now, we've got a lot of um, couples who are uh, expectant. They're having babies. And uh, there's a whole lot of celebration around that. But when you want something and you feel removed from it or it's been withheld, how many know there's no celebration? So the instruction here is like the complete opposite of what somebody might be feeling who's barren. To sing? That, that's crazy. You know, sing? No, I just want to go home and sulk. I, I don't want to sing, but here Isaiah says, sing, fill the air with song. You have never experienced childbirth for you're ending up, ending up with far more children of all those childbearing women, God says so. He says, clear lots of ground for your tents, make your tents large, spread out and think big. Somebody say, spread out. Come on, let's say that out loud. Spread out and think big. Spread out and think big. Use plenty of rope, drive your 10 pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. And I like these next two phrases where it says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. How many people don't do things because they fear it might end in embarrassment? The fear of man, the fear of embarrassment is a big deal today. And it stops a lot of people progressing in their life. But here he says, don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. And so many of us are trying to work out right now whether we've got enough for the next season or whether we've got enough to fulfill God's plan and purpose for our life. But I want you to be confident today that Every gap you create, every space you make, God's going to come and fill that space. In fact, I like a saying of my mother. She always said, don't fill your suitcase too full. Uh, how many, when they go away, always pack more than they need? Can't you always pack, you overpack, you think, oh, I'm just taking this just in case. You pack for every season. You know, summer, winter, autumn, spring, yeah, all the seasons, and, and you take more than you need. If you don't do it, at least you know somebody who does it, who overpacks and, you know, the, the, their suitcase is too heavy, and they're lugging all this stuff around. And while they're away on their trip, there's a high chance that they don't even use half the stuff or even three quarters of the stuff that they've packed and because their suitcase is so full, you know, and normally when people go away on holiday, they go shopping and they buy some new stuff. And it's like they don't even have room to take the new stuff home. And so while they're away to bring the new stuff back, come on, I know some of you are familiar with this, to bring the new stuff back, they've actually got to buy a whole new suitcase and so they come back with not one suitcase, they come back with two suitcases to carry all the stuff. You know, some of our, our lives right now are just so crammed and we're so busy and it's so filled with a whole lot of stuff that even if God wanted to do something, there'd be no room to accommodate it. In fact, I've had to challenge myself over time to stop saying I am busy. Have you ever caught yourself saying, oh, I'm just busy, yeah, busy. You know, what have you been doing? Oh, it's been really busy. 
And almost like when you say I'm busy, what you're saying to a person is you got, I've got no space for you. Uh, my, my life is crammed. And I, I, I never want to be too busy for the people in my world. I, I never want to be too busy that they don't have, uh, they don't think they have an opportunity to ask for me for some time. And sometimes we, we're so cluttered, we're, we're so full of stuff that, that even if God wanted to present an opportunity to us, we couldn't take hold of it because our life is so full. It's full of all this other stuff that, 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 that we're missing out sometimes on the thing that God wants to open to us. I remember uh, a time I felt a prompting to plant a church down in Tauranga. In fact, our Tauranga church is a result of a whole group, uh, a group of us traveling down on a Thursday night and just starting a gathering down there. And all as we had was a guitar and a speaker. And that's how the church in Tauranga actually launched. Holy Spirit showed up, gathered people, and uh, God began to do some amazing things in people's lives. But at the time where I first got the prompting, it was like, I, I don't have any space for that. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, you need to create space. And I was going like, well, Thursday night's the night that I got off. So, okay, let's do something on a Thursday night. But before we even ventured out to do th- something on a Thursday night, I go, man, we need a space to meet in. And I was at a time where I had a lot on my schedule and I was about to speak in another city uh, on the Sunday and uh, I had my cousin's 50th and his 50th happened to be in Tauranga and, and, and I was invited to it, but I hadn't seen my cousin for some time and I thought, oh, I don't really need to go. But I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, hey, you need to go to this. And I'm going like, but if I go, it's a Saturday night and you know, by the time the 50th ends, you know, it's going to be 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning before I get home. And then I'm going to have to get up at 6 o'clock the next morning to catch a plane to travel to this other city. And I'm going like, I don't have any space. But God said, I felt God say, no, create the space. And so anyway, we went down to the 50th. It was a great time catching up with family. And at the end of the night, I, I saw this guy I hadn't seen for a long time and I went up to him. And we had a conversation, and just through that conversation, it was like this was a divine setup. He said, oh, I'm really feeling like God wants to do something new in Tauranga. And I go, yeah, me too, me too. You know, there's a witness with that. And I go, well, we need to get together, and we need to talk about what you're feeling in the Spirit. And we got together, and in the end, that became the, his home became the place where we had our first meeting for Equipus Tauranga. Uh, but Equipus Tauranga would have never happened unless I created that space. And how many things we, are we missing because there's no space in our world right now? I, I, I want to say, what would happen right now if all your prayers would, uh, were answered? What would happen if all your prayers were answered? For some of us, we wouldn't have enough room to accommodate the answers. You know, a lot of people are praying for revival but they're not prepared for when revival knocks on the door. You know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of single people in the room tonight, you know, a lot of you are praying for a boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, but you're not ready. You know, if that person came along, you know, you're not ready in yourself. And, and we're not ready sometimes for the answers that we're, we're wanting. And I want to say it takes faith to create space. It takes faith to create space. And I quickly want to take you to a story found in the Old Testament in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 13, verse 1 is of Abraham. 
Abraham. He was Abram at this time. And let's lean into this right now. Uh, Genesis 13, verse 1, it says, So Abram left Egypt and went back to that place, he and his wife and everything he owned, and Lot, his nephew, was still with him. By now, Abraham was very rich, loaded. He was loaded with cattle and silver and gold. He moved to that place, camping along the way to Bethel, the place he had first set up his tent between Bethel and Ai and built his first altar. Abram prayed there to God. Lot, who was traveling with Abram, was also rich in sheep and cattle and tents. But the land couldn't support both of them. They had too many possessions. How many know that's a problem? You know, some of you go, ah, I haven't got enough. But in some places, our biggest problem is not that we don't have enough, it's that we have too much. And some of us right now, our problem is that we have too much of our own ideas and not enough of God's ideas. The land could support them both because they had too many possessions. They couldn't both live there. Quarrels broke out between Abram's shepherds and Lot's shepherds. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living on the land at this time. And Abram said to Lot, Let's not have fighting between us, between your shepherds and my shepherds. After all, we're family. Look around. There's plenty of land out there. Let's separate. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. You know, here, right here, some of Abram's and Lot's prayers had been answered. Both were, what were they? They were loaded. They were loaded. Uh, But because they were loaded, because of those answers had come into their world, it presented a new set of challenges. And, And the challenge in this situation was there wasn't enough space. And because there wasn't enough space, there was strife between their herdsmen. There was contention. And Abram was smart enough to know. He was saying, man, I I don't want to do long-term damage to my family member while we sort out, while we navigate this immediate challenge. You know, we've been saying, you know, through this COVID period, it's amazing how many relationships have been fractured because they haven't realized that that this issue will pass. And they've done long-term damage to relationships while... We're just trying to navigate a season that will pass. As I said, this season will pass. It may pass like a kidney stone, uh, but it will pass. It will pass. And the, the thing we need to be careful of is that we never do damage you know, to, to relationships. And, and here Abram in his wisdom says, hey, we, we need to separate. There's not enough space. We can't live with this frustration. If you've ever shared a bedroom with a sibling, you know, that frustration of not having enough space. I shared a, a bedroom with a sibling for 18 years. In fact, there was a period of time where I shared a, a bedroom with two of my brothers. All three of us were crammed in one room. And, it, you know, because of that, you know, there was different uh, sleep patterns. Some of us would go to bed later than the others. And then some of us would get up earlier than others. And there was contention. You know what I'm talking about. If you ever lived in a home and you shared a bedroom with a sibling, you know what that's about. There's not enough space. Or if you grew up in a time where you know there wasn't seven-seater cars and you had more than three children, there was four kids in our family, and when it came to traveling, we did, there was no such thing as a third row in the car. 
uh, there was just the back seat and all the kids had to cram into the back seat and which normally meant forcing along that back row meant a couple of you had to sit forward. Now, I was third down the line. I'm the third child. And uh, because I'm the second youngest, that often meant me and my younger brother were the ones who had to sit forward for eight hours on the whole trip. Otherwise, there was that competition for shoulder space. You know, when you're just trying to get your shoulder behind that of the person next to you. I know some of you have got big shoulders in the room right now. You're trying to do that. It's like that chair can't accommodate accommodate those those rocks that are on your 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 frame there. But you know, it's crammed. There's crammed space, and and contention can come when there's not enough room. I love the fact as a church we're always creating space, and and when you create space, it can be a little bit nerve wracking. The first time we hired the Altair Center. Yeah, it was like, whoa, this is a big venue. I hope people are going to show up. Yeah, we rallied around and everybody rallied people. And thank God that day, it was all out Sunday. People showed up in the Altair Center. I was freaking out the night before. You know, I was thinking, what if it's just me and 50 people in that big theater? It's going to be like, hello, hello, hello. You know, it's just like the level of, oh, God, you've got to come through was huge. But anyway, we started the service, the first service in the Altair Center. And it was just at the opening. Eliza Marshall had said the spoken word or prayer. And then the fire alarm went off. And we all had to vacate the building. And I was told the week before that, When the fire alarm went off last time, all the sprinklers went off at the same time. And I I was was freaking out because we had hired a lot of gear. We didn't own the gear. And I was thinking if the the sprinklers went off, all that gear is going to get wet. And then there was over 1,000, 1,500 people out in Altair Square and, and we couldn't get back into the building. And in my head, I was going like, what if those people don't come back in? And that feeling I was having from the night before was present that day. I was, I was, I was thinking, ah, is this going to happen? Are they going to come back? You know, thank goodness they started singing in the square. And eventually we got back into the building and the, the sprinklers didn't go off. And actually more people came back in than were there in the first place. But, but here's the thing. Unless you create the space, God can't move. And some of our lives right now are so ordered that even if God wanted to do something, He couldn't because there's not enough space. See, frustration comes in our life. And many people live with unnecessary frustration simply because we don't understand that there's a value clash. Sometimes there's a value clash between the people we've been doing life and and where we're wanting to go. Uh, we all have different values. Values. I, I pray as a church, we embrace the church values as our values. We, we want to live a life where we honor God, where we excel. We do our best in every situation. God deserves our best. We advance through serving. We're not trying to come on top of people. We're here to serve people. That's how Jesus operated. I pray we embrace values like we want to reach our world. We want to look outside of our own need and reach the others around us. And I pray we embrace community and we do that together. But those values can clash with some friends' values in our world. 
They can clash with other values. And we've got to recognize that. And here there was a clash between the herdsmen and, you know, I'd suggest to say there was a clash of values. I, I believe in a lot of places right now, there's going to come more and more a clash of values. And that's why we, we really need to focus on what the Word of God says. And I like how Paul puts it in Romans chapter 12. He says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. There's a lot of people right now who just accept the way the world's going. They, they just accept it without even thinking about it and thinking about what God says. He says, don't, just don't fit into it. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, dragging you down to its level of immaturity. I really believe there's forces right now out there to drag you down to its level of maturity, drag you down to the, to the way of its thinking. But God, here's this, God wants to bring the best out of you. Turn to your neighbor because they need to know this tonight and say, God wants to bring the best out of you. God wants to bring the best out of you and develops a well-formed maturity in you. Question I wanna ask you is who's shaping you? Who's shaping you? Something's shaping you. Who's shaping who in your world? And I like Abraham. He said, uh, hey, this is not working. I need some space. I I suggest to you today, right now, you need some space. And and we know all need space. And he's saying, it's best we spread out, otherwise we're in trouble. How many know when somebody gets in your personal space, it's a little bit awkward? You know, it's just, oh, that's a little bit too close for comfort. Social distancing has been helpful for those people. You know, it's like uh, we all need, you know, not too close. It's all right that you come close, but, but not too close. We all need space. And, and here's the deal. How we create space in our life, we do it one of two ways. We either occupy new territory. We either enlarge our borders. And that's what Isaiah is saying back in Isaiah 54. He's saying, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large, spread out and think better. Use plenty of room. He's saying, come on, let's enlarge the space of our dwelling. Let's enlarge that space. Or the other way of creating space is you get rid of stuff. At the start, he says, clear the ground. Clear lots of ground, spread out. Some of the frustration we have in our lives is because we're holding on to stuff that God wants us to let go of. How many of us shifted house? Anybody shifted house? Yeah, shifting house can be a mission. A lot of people don't even think of moving, don't even want the thought of moving because it's like, man, that, that's a big job. That's a huge job. One thing about moving is when you start the process, if you start the process to move, you, you realize how much junk you accumulate. You know, we hold on to stuff that we think we might need at some later date. You know, some people, you know, who passed high school hold on to their high school notes, thinking, oh, I just might need that in the future. You know, from an older person right now, you'll never go back to those notes. It's safe to say you can throw those things out. 
You know, how much stuff do we hold on to? Oh, just in case. Come on, all you hoarders out there. I just hold on to that just in case. And, and the thing about moving and shifting is we get to get rid of some stuff that we don't need. But the other thing about moving and shifting is you, you realize you find stuff that you forgot you had. It was with you all along, but you forgot you had it. And you find it and you go, ah, this is awesome. I can use this right now. Yeah, you know, I really believe God wants to open some people's eyes to what God's done in the past. You've forgotten about it. But He wants you to take you back to that testimony because He wants you to realize if God did it then, He can do it now. But the other thing about shifting is you enter new territory and you get to occupy new space. And I feel like God wants to bring a shift in some people's lives, but it's gonna require us to clear the ground. And here's the deal. Abram had to let go of Lot. And he had to realize, hey, he's a family member, but our relationship's about to change. If if things are gonna stay as they are, it's gonna get bad. And if they both realize that, hey, this relationship's gonna change, it's gonna be different, but different necessarily isn't bad. I, I, I want to say, I've got a lot of young people in the room today, is, is that, that relationships will change in different seasons. They will change. They don't remain the same. And change doesn't necessarily mean bad. In fact, people come up over the years and go, you've changed. You've changed. And I often go, well, I hope so. I'm different today than the 18-year-old version of me. Kathy doesn't want me to go back to the 18-year-old version of me. You know, the immature, insecure, lack wisdom version. Maybe the hair version, but, <laughs> but not that other version. You know, how, how many know our relationship is better today than it was back then because we have grown together. Where relationships get in trouble is when one person stays the, the same and the other person moves forward. And I want to say, uh, some of us right now are held back because we're tied to relationships that are not moving. Friendships that are no longer, people are no longer going in the same direction as us. Re- relationships where they don't share the same values of us, uh, values with us. And I want to say, it takes faith to create space. See, it's healthy. I I really believe healthy relationships is when you can recognize what's in another person's heart and you can release them to pursue that which is in their heart. Because ultimately, that's what we do in the end anyway. Ultimately, our heart will betray us and we'll do what's in our heart. We can try and do the right thing, but if our heart's in a different place, that's the direction that we'll find that we'll go. And I love Abraham's response because Abraham was confident that God would look after him no matter what. And he says to Lot, hey, there's two spaces. And obviously one space is better than the other space. And he says, there's two spaces. And he says, hey, I'm happy for you to choose. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. And I like that Abraham was confident that whatever way he went, God would look after him. I want to say right now, God, when your trust is in God, you can be confident that God winnows your path. Some of you heard me say this before. To winnow, it's like you get grain. You get a whole lot of grain and you throw it up in the air. 
And when you throw it up in the air, what happens is the wind comes along. This is what winnow means. The wind comes along and blows away the chafe. And so what remains is just the grain. And, and what the psalmist is saying when, in Psalm 139 when he says, God comprehends or God winnows my path, is, is when things are uncertain, you can be confident in God. You know, some of us feel like right now everything's up in the air. But you don't need to worry because it's like God's going to come with a wind and He's going to blow away that which is unnecessary and that which lands He's in and He's going to use for His purpose. Come on, whatever happens in this next season, you can be sure that God's for you, that God's moving, that God's taking you in the direction that you need to go. Come on, how many want to be confident in that? But that will never happen unless you create space. Some of us right now, it's like we just need to throw it up in the air. Throw things in the air. And just go, God, just blow away the things that don't matter. God, I'm going to be confident whatever lands. If, if it means I go to the right instead of the left, God, you're for me. And you're working for me. And we need to create space. I, I, I feel like some of us, we need to create physical space. Some of us need to create physical space between us and our past. You know, a, a lot of people can't move forward simply because they're chained to things of their past and they go back into environments that speak of their past and drag them back into old ways of doing things, old habits. And, and we want to move forward, but we keep going back and we wonder why we get stuck. It's because we're entering spaces that re- resemble our old life and our old way of doing things. And that's why we need to create in some space, physical spaces. You know, for some, you know, I, I just believe creating spaces is, is just moving from where you are. Maybe even enrolling in a new course of study. It may be uh, you know, changing careers. It may be just, just doing something different for the first time, creating space. It's, it's, it's about stepping into the unknown, stepping out of the familiar, too many people get stuck because they're, they're just like, I just want everything to be nice. And I, I'm comfortable when I know what's going on. But when things happen that I, I'm uncertain of, I, I feel uncomfortable. But I want to say that's the space that God operates in. And we need to create physical space. Some of us right now, we need to create relational space. When it comes to friendships, Developing quality friendships is intentional, not accidental. I want to say that again. How many want good friends? I hope you got some good friends. Yeah, but you want good friends who are going to go forward. Yeah, developing good friendship is intentional, not accidental. I like what Proverbs 27, 19 says, A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the friends he chooses. So what he's saying here is, uh, I don't need to know you. I don't need to know you. I just need to talk to your friends. And if I talk to your friends, I'll probably get a better picture of you than if I talk to you. A mirror reflects a man's face, but what they're really like is by the friends that they choose. I suggest that that you're going in the direction of your friends. A lot of people today, you know, if you went to prison, you know, which I don't suggest you do, but unless you're visiting someone. But, um, but, but if you go to prison and you ask, well, how did you get to this space? 
I, I reckon if they were to trace back to where it started to go wrong, most of them would start, uh, start with this. Well, I had these friends. And then one bad decision after another bad decision after another bad decision caused them to end up in a space that some of them thought they'd never be. And a lot of people end up in spaces that they thought they'd never be simply because they surrounded themselves with the wrong people. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, it says, The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Come on, I, I, I want to say, do you believe that God has an amazing relational destiny for your life? I, I, I want to say, when it comes to God, God wants to satisfy the longing of your heart. And I want to speak to all the single people out there. You know, when it comes to that desire to find that right person, it's a real desire. You've got to position yourself in the right place. How do you think you're going to find the right person in the wrong place? You know, I know many people are into fishing. Pastor Scott's into fishing. He loves fishing. Uh, but uh, if you're going fishing, how many know it makes sense to go to the place where the fish are? Yeah, that, that's first. You're not going to catch something good watching Netflix at home all day, the time. Yes, you've got to get out a little bit. I want to say, you know, when it comes to your relational future, you know, you're not going to catch the right fish at the club or the bar. You know, um, a lot of relationships, do you know, happen out of convenience. They're at work, they just hang out with a certain people, and, and it's, it's convenience, like, oh, we form an attachment and we, we, we get together, and it happens out of convenience rather than choice. You know, so many people, even today, it's like, oh, social media, internet, you know, that's all right, but you're also in danger, if you never physically meet them, of being catfished. That's the danger there. And, and, and a lot of people even on those platforms are just desperate for attention. And when you're desperate for attention, you attract the wrong attention. In fact, a lot of what we see on social media today, you know, people think it's confidence, but I actually think it's compensation. It's compensating for a lack in their own life. And so I need some likes, I need some attention. So I put out a post that I think will gain the likes and gain, gain the attention. And if you fish in the wrong places, you know, if you fish in a swamp, you're going to pull up, you know, you're going to pull up a trout or a groper or something like that. You'll pull up the wrong thing. Yeah, and here's the deal. Even if you catch something, can I want to say something? Even if you catch something, doesn't mean it's a keeper. Yeah, come on, some of us are holding on to something because we caught it. You know, there's times, oh, this is real stuff. You didn't expect this at church tonight. But this is some real stuff. You know, some of you are going, is he really saying this? Yeah, I am saying this because I care about your future. And you're, the relationships you form have a lot to do with your future in God. Have a lot to do with you in God. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, there's, there's more fish in the sea. You don't have to catch, keep the first fish that you catch. Maybe, maybe right now you're not catching uh, that means you might need to look at the bait. Uh, the bait that you're using. And when it comes to bait, I want to say good bait. Good bait when it comes to it. If you want to attract the right person, you need to be the right person. And, and conviction and character. 
are some of the most attractive qualities around. And, and right now, you know, in a relational space, you know, it's so crammed, we can't, we, we can't see. Where are your friends taking you? Where are your relationships taking you? Come on, God has an amazing relational future for your life. And we need to create relational space, but also we need to create emotional space. See, here's the deal. In the, in the absence of a relationship with God, we've all been designed to know God, to connect with God. God's perfect. But when we don't have a relationship with God, what we do is we put God-type pressure on human relationships. See, there's a need that only God can satisfy. And when it's not satisfied by God, we go looking for other humans to meet that need and we wonder why we're disappointed. Is it, is it, it's like as if a dysfunctional human being can make me whole. See, I've found the healthier you are, the healthier your relationships will be. Your, your relationships will never be more healthier than you. Your relationships will never be better than you. Come on, if you're, you're, you're wanting to build good relationships, in a lot of places, you've got to do a lot of work on you. Uh, people don't tend to have relationship problems. They tend to have problems that they bring into relationships. And, and the better you are, the fewer the problems that you have in the future. And, and that's why I'm saying, if we can do some work on us, it's amazing what God then can do. And which brings me to the last one, we've got to create spiritual space. And tonight I'm, I'm going there, yeah, I know. I, I just feel like it's good to keep it real. You know, keep it real. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, it says, hey, physical training is good. Come on, all you gym freaks out there. Uh, this is, it's good. Physical training is good. But listen to this. But training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And to follow this up, Paul says, this is a trustworthy saying that everyone should accept it. <laughs> He's saying, you need to accept this statement. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and the life to come. Uh, many people today uh, in a lot of places are training to have a million dollar body. It's like they're investing their time, their money, you know, doing a whole lot to have that million dollar body, trying to take care of the outside, you know, cosmetic treatments, a whole, a whole deal. But, you know, what good is it having a million dollar body when you've got a 50 cent prayer life? What good is it if it's all show on the outside, but there's no substance on the inside? There's an emptiness on the inside. There's, there's a vulnerability and a, a need in the, on the inside because God's not in that space. Yet physical training is good. It releases endorphins. It's a good thing to do, to look after the temple. Yeah, you've got to look after the temple. That's important. But what supersedes physical training is training for godliness. Training. And here's the deal. When it comes to our spiritual muscles, a lot of us, unactively using them. In fact, in this season, even with online church, it's like people are sitting and passively listening, but not engaging at a level. 
I really believe it's important to get the church moving because if we don't get moving, what happens is atrophy sets in. And what atrophy is, is when you don't use your muscle. It's like people who have been in hospital for a long time. I was in hospital for 42 days at, some time, at one point. And I don't have much muscle to lose, but I, lose what, I lost what I had. And if you don't use it, you lose it. Some of us are relying on somebody else's exercise. It's like, hey, if your brother goes to the gym, it's like, that's not of any benefit to you. If they go for a run, that's of no benefit to you. And, and somehow we think spiritually, if you know, I rely on their faith, I can benefit from it. No, you've got to exercise your faith muscle for yourself. Otherwise, atrophy will set in. There'll be a wasting away. And you owe it to yourself to invest into your spiritual well-being. We are body, we're soul, and we're spirit. There's three dimensions to who we are. And there's a part of us that's designed for God. And if, unless we let God into that space, we'll continually be dominated by selfish desires, by our own desires. And we'll keep on doing the things that we don't want to do. It's like, I don't want to do it, but I keep on doing it. I don't want to get angry, but I keep on losing my core. I don't want to engage with that, but I keep on doing it. Why is it that I keep on doing what I don't want to do? It's because your spirit's not alive. See, none of us can do this apart from God. And where God lives is in our spirit. And for us to move forward is, is to engage our spirit. That's where life is. That's where freedom is. That's where peace is. It's in our spirit. That's where we find the resources we need, the energy we need to do what's right. But we've got to engage our spirit. And it's in that space, I, I believe we find, then we have a confidence. We have a confidence to step out into the unknown. A confidence to say, God, if I create the space, I'm confident you're going to come and fill that space. A confidence that's not rattled by life circumstances or world events. A confidence that's in God's plan, relational plan for our lives. Come on, I want to speak into that specifically because that's a big area that can derail a whole lot of people. God's relational plan for our lives. People are searching for connection, searching for meaning. I want to say true meaning is found in Jesus. It starts in Jesus. And you need to have that confidence there. You also can have confidence that, that God's ordaining your steps. You know, in the natural, Abraham could say, man, I, I'm going to choose that lot. You're going to the worst place. But I love Abraham had confidence that, that God was going to, Lead him forward. And wherever he went, God was going to bless him. In fact, if we follow up in Genesis 13, 14, and it says, this is what happened. And after Lot separated from him, God said to Abraham, open your eyes. Open your eyes. Look around. Look north. Look south. Look east. Look west. Everything you see, the whole land spread out before you. I will give to you and your children forever. I'll make your descendants like the dust. Counting your descendants will be as impossible as counting the dust of the earth. So on your feet, get moving. Walk the country. It's length and breadth. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. Everywhere you place your feet. 
And I believe this is a year of fulfilled dreams. Come on, this is a year we walk into destiny, where we see God come and answer our heart's desire. But we've got to create space. Come on, some of us need it right now need to say, I need some space. I need some space. I need some space. You're occupying my space. I need God to fill that space right now. You can't do what God can do. I I need the Holy Spirit. I need His power. I need His anointing in my life. I've given up. I've tried it by myself for too long. I'm tired. I'm burnt out. I'm worn out. I'm frustrated. God, I need You. God, I create space. And I'll put my trust in You. We make room. I believe if you create the space, oh, I'm too busy. See, some of us, our lives are too full that, as I said, even if God wanted to work, there'd be no space to work. I believe creating space is simply having an openness to God. It's simply saying yes to God. I don't understand, but I'm just saying yes. Yes to you, and then saying yes to you. I'm humbling myself. And saying, God, you know better than I do. And God, you've got a better plan for me than I've got for myself. And God, today, I'm not going to try and work that out in my own strength, but I'm going to trust you.